HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? I'm ready. Special guest, what shape are you? Sometimes I'm round and smooth. Other times I'm pretty lumpy. Oh, and I have eyes, but I can't see. Okay, and are you grown or made? I'm grown in the dirt. Okay. And how are you prepared? I can be boiled, roasted, baked, fried, and even microwaved. Ooh, yum yum. I think I have an idea. Are you often served with ketchup? Or cheese or cream or mayonnaise? You're a potato! Potatoes are one of my favorite foods. They're so versatile, come in lots of sizes and shapes and colors, and can be made into so many yummy foods. Oh, yes. I have to say, my favorite way to eat potatoes is to make latkes for Hanukkah and don't tell, but sometimes other times of year. I like to just make them the good old-fashioned way with grated potatoes, some onion, some matzo meal, a little bit of egg... And mwah. how about you, Harry? It's really hard to decide, but just the other night we made some yummy mashed potatoes and they were so easy and such a satisfying and yummy food. Yeah, it's hard to beat mashed potatoes. They are the ultimate comfort food. Hannah, did you ever play with Mr. Potato Head when you were little? I definitely did. Um, I feel like I was always losing different parts of his face. Uh, and I think I also had a Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, nice. Originally, Mr. Potato Head, as well as Mrs. Potato Head, were just a set of accessories and body parts that you would stick into a real potato, and it was only later they started to come with fake plastic potatoes that we know today. Fascinating. When we were researching this episode, I also learned that there was a whole family, a whole Potato Head family. So there was, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, and then there was Brother Spud Sister Yam, and even potato family pets called the Spudettes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish that they'd return to using real vegetables, though, as I think it'd be even cooler to have all the pieces to put into a blue Mr. Potato Head or maybe make a carrot or a cabbage person. I love it. We can literally play with our food. What do you call a potato chip with glasses? A spectator. <laughs> now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in this episode, so listen carefully. Which state produces the most potatoes? Keep an ear out for the answer. Ever wonder how this tasty tuber seemingly made its way onto every plate in the world? Well... It all started about 10,000 years ago in the Andes Mountains of Peru. It was there that the native Incans started cultivating what would later become one of the most popular crops in the world. For more on these Peruvian potatoes, let's hear from another HRN podcast, A Taste of the Past. Host Linda Palaccio spoke with historian Andy Smith about some ancient spuds. Anyone who has kept potatoes around for a while or in the wrong place or has opened the cabinet saying, ooh, is there a dead mouse here or what, knows that storing potatoes can be a real trick sometimes. And ooh, you don't want to step into the bag where there's that one rotten potato. Um, and interesting because same thing with a rotten apple. I mean, you know, it's one, one rotten potato can spoil the barrel. Um and so preserving, I mean, storing potatoes is, is an issue. If they're stored properly, they can keep for a long time, for which makes them months. so valuable. Just a couple right? months, a couple and that's months, about it. Right. Yeah. But you mentioned, you wrote um, a piece in your book about some prehistoric evidence of, of the people of the Andes and how they had an ingenious method for drying and preserving potatoes. Yeah, the problem is if you try to store them, they're really only good for a couple of months, depending on the conditions under right. which you have it. It starts so, to get so, soft and, and, you know, and um, mushy. So you need to save some seed potatoes, which the soft and mushy doesn't matter. You can right. plant them and that'll work out just fine. But if you want to eat them, uh, and particularly if you want to eat them months later, like six months, nine months later, uh, and if you want to prevent against a potential famine that comes along you want to preserve it even even longer than that you need to figure out a new way to uh, preserve them and uh, it is the uh, uh, indigenous peoples of the andes that figured out what, what you have to do is you have to get rid of the water in the potato uh, and so they, they did this by putting them on mats and then stepping on them uh, <laughs> let, letting them well of course their feet were cleaned you understand that they they follow proper hygiene and then let them freeze during the night and then the uh, during during the next day when the sun comes out, then you walked on them again, mm -hmm. and you kept doing this for several days, and you ended up uh, with a very relatively thin uh, uh, piece of potato that you could store for uh, months or years. And so they had huge storage places uh, throughout the Andes that would prevent against a famine in case the potato crop something happened to it. So this worked out very well. It's called chuño, and it's still a Jun chuño, chuño. And, it's, and it's still made today. They still do it. They still preserve absolutely, them that way. I, they don't walk on them anymore, but they preserve them in that way. Yeah. And it's or a freeze dried. It's or, a, like yeah. freeze dried yeah. potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, astronaut food. I mean, I suppose, you know, it's <laughs> reconstituted. Um, and is there evidence of, you know, the old, any of, they, they find any of the old very old 
dried potatoes around? Oh, yeah. Just... They survived uh, 500 years. Yes. Wow. Oh, absolutely. They're they're available if you would like to try them. Um, uh, I think I'll pass. I think <laughs> I'll pass myself. But <laughs> but the answer is yes, they, they certainly have survived. And and again, it's the same process that they follow today in order to make the same thing. So it's not, it's not anything that just died out. It's a yeah. process that's continued. Yeah. Oh, necessity, the mother of invention, right? I mean, they, they people like it. It's, it's well, not, it, we're not, we're not, it's just not something to preserve. It's also something that people enjoy as part of their culture. Yeah. Interesting. Preserved Peruvian purple potato. Say that five times fast. Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's Central Coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Potatoes were the first vegetable to be grown in space. Thanks to NASA and the University of Wisconsin, these space buds first left Earth's atmosphere in 1995 aboard the Columbia Space Shuttle. Wow, that's out of this world. (laughs) Incans would use the water left over from boiling potatoes as a pain reliever, an ancient ibuprofen. The homely-looking potato belongs to the same family as the elegant petunia flower. Marie Antoinette treated potatoes like haute couture by sticking their tiny blossoms into her elaborately coiffed hair. Oh, so fancy. And Marie Antoinette would call a potato a pomme de terre, which literally means apple of the earth. Across the pond in the UK, they call French fries chips, and they call chips crisps. Mind-blowing. And Belarus also loves its potatoes. Believe it or not, the typical Belarusian consumes about 400 pounds of potatoes a year. That's over a pound of potatoes every single day. Yum. According to the USDA, a diet made up exclusively of potatoes and whole milk would supply almost all of the food elements necessary for maintenance of the human body. So more mashed potatoes, please. The 18th century Prussian king, Frederick the Great, was another early European promoter of the tuber. After his 1756 proclamation mandated that farmers grow potatoes, Frederick became known as the Kartoffelkönig, or the Potato King. I think you should be known as the Potato King from now on, Harry. The potato is the fourth most consumed crop in the world, trailing rice, wheat, and corn. The state that produces the most potatoes? No surprise, it's Idaho. And did you know that a potato can turn into a battery? All you need is a couple of pennies, a galvanized nail, some copper wire, and an adult to help you. Powerful potatoes. And finally, Mr. Potato Head was the first toy to be advertised on television. And now, let's take a tater-tastic dance break.
Hey, it's Moxie. I made the sleepwalking sheep. Um, it is like a lamb meatballs with super fluffy potato, mashed potatoes. It was so good. I made it like twice and I used beef instead of lamb, but it didn't really matter because it was still pretty good. I made it out of the Cook It, the Dr. Seuss cookbook for kid chefs. Um, and it was just altogether really like a comforting food. Thanks, Moxie, for sharing the recipe from Cook It, the Dr. Seuss cookbook for kid chefs by Daniel Gerke. The book has takes on classic dishes with a Dr. Seuss twist, and it's available everywhere books are sold and probably at your local library. It's that time before we wrap up the show where Harry and I like to reflect on a bright spot from the last week. I'll go first. And my bright spot is a nice, simple one, which is I am so very happy that Time for Lunch is back with our fifth season. We are so excited and we have lots and lots of tasty stories coming your way over the next couple months. So thank you for listening. Y'all are my bright spot. Harry, how about you? Well, I know a lot of people, especially parents, don't always love winter because it means cold and shoveling and snow in the house. But me, I have just gotten back into skiing. I didn't ski for 26 years. And about a year ago, I decided to give it a try again, and I'm totally hooked. It is one of the most fun things, and I love having a new hobby. So I would say you should get out there and try something new or return to something that you didn't used to like very much. You might find that you've changed and it could be that your new favorite hobby is hiding right under your nose. That's such good advice. And I have to say winter is a really good time to explore new hobbies because let's face it, there are fewer options. It's cold outside. I've been doing a lot of crafts at home. So yeah, check it out. Maybe you'll find something that makes you happy. At the beginning of the episode, we asked, Which state produces the most potatoes? And the answer is... The state that produces the most potatoes? No surprise, it's Idaho. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch. We'll be back with more tasty stories. The show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Werner. Today's episode was produced by our amazing intern, Isaac Furman. Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our fun facts theme was created by our very own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past here on HRN, and historian Andy Smith. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. You can learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also a part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And don't forget to please stay in touch. Whether you have a joke you'd like to share with us or you just want to tell us what you had for lunch today, we love to hear from our listeners. Send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, or podcast recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone. Ask a grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to include your name, age, and address so that we can send you a little something in return. Time for Lunch is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening.